Take it away, Derek. What's your question? Why do you guys talk about comics so much? Yeah. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? 18 years. <laughs> Toothbrush is still fresh. <laughs> Did they have sex? Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know. Damn it, Tony. We went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read him? Batman's got his little fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right. Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you. Shut up, beast. Shut up. <laughs> like, I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival songs at Australian bars. Titty discs. In it. That's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm going to go into the Marvel Wikipedia and edit that. Whatever it is. <laughs> get better than that. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey guys, welcome back to another Titanrific Outsider-tastic episode of Fanholes Comics, motherfucker, do you read them? Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, but I am not alone. I'm joined by one Titan and one Outsider. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, it's Mike. Titans together. Hey, this is Justin. Does that mean I'm an Outsider? I guess. I guess <laughs> I guess Mike beat you to the Titans punch. I, I claim the Titans. That, that's okay. So yeah, we're we're doing a anniversary episode. This is the 40th anniversary of this two-part story that I'm rather fond of, and it is a two-part story that features a team-up between, if you haven't guessed it, the New Teen Titans and Batman and the Outsiders, and it covers New Teen Titans issue 37 and Outsiders issue number five, and these were published by DC Comics. The New Teen Titans issue 37 had a cover date of December 1983, was on sale September 15th, 1983. The cover price was a whopping 75 cents. The cover credits for New Teen Titans 37 was by George Perez. The writer was Marv Wolfman, plotting credits for Mike W. Barr. Penciler was George Perez, inker Romeo Tangal, letterer John Costanza, colorist Adrian Roy, and editor Len Wein. And the title of the story is Lights Out Everyone. Gizmo of the Fearsome Five kicks off a jailbreak that frees all of his teammates, Shimmer and her brother Mammoth, Dr. Light, and Simon. When Shimmer and Mammoth see a newspaper article about the famous scientist Dr. Jace visiting the United States, Simon hatches a plan to use Dr. Jace to increase their already formidable metahuman powers. Meanwhile, at Titan's Tower, Wonder Girl concludes a team meeting with Kid Flash, Cyborg, Raven, Starfire, Changeling, and Terra. When Terra's bracelet alarm goes off, she rushes outside looking for Dr. Jace. Instead, she encounters the Outsiders, Halo, Katana, Metamorpho, and Black Lightning, and suspects them of kidnapping Dr. Jace. Terra engages Halo in battle, and Metamorpho turns to a solid steel dome to trap Terra for the moment. 
Raven arrives on the scene next, advising Katana there is no reason to fight. When Katana draws her sword, Kid Flash knocks her off her feet at super speed. Black Lightning can't make out Kid Flash at super speed and hurls some lightning bolts his way. Halo uses a stasis beam on Kid Flash to hold him still, and Metamorpho puts together that the two teams of heroes are fighting. Before Metamorpho can tell both teams to stand down, Terra breaks free and Starfire hurls one of her star bolts at Black Lightning alongside Cyborg and Wonder Girl. Now the Titans stand face to face with the Outsiders when Geoforce returns from looking into Dr. Jace's disappearance. Changeling notices that Geoforce's costume matches that of Terra's. Unknown to both teams, Terra and Geoforce, our brother and sister, reunited and embrace one another. When Metamorpho notices the door to Dr. Jace's lab has been turned to lead, Starfire and Raven deduce that it was Shimmer's powers that changed the door and that the fearsome five must not be far behind. As the retrospective field leaders of their teams, Wonder Girl and Geoforce decide it's time to reach out to Robin and Batman. Conveniently or inconveniently, as the case may be, an argument about methodology between Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne is interrupted by the Titans and the Outsiders when they contact their respective leaders. Robin is surprised that Batman hasn't revealed his secret identity to the Outsiders yet. Both teams and their leaders convene at Titans Tower when Robin receives a call from Captain Hall of the NYPD, where the doors were transmuted into paper and several men were in a state of mid-transformation between man and mud creatures. Raven uses her empathic powers to confirm that the Fearsome Five persuaded Dr. Jace under torture to change the men into metahuman creatures. After some detective work between Batman and Robin, the two teams deduce the Fearsome Five and Dr. Jace will be at a private laboratory on a small island outside of Gotham City. The combined teams of the Titans and the Outsiders storm the lab and rescue Dr. Jace, but not before a horde of hard luck Gothamites are transformed into mindless Earth creatures. While Dr. Light and Simon argue over whether their enemies are destroyed, Simon hits both teams with a mental fizzablast, self-destructs the lab while teleporting his fearsome five teammates and the Earth creatures away. The island is destroyed, and Simon declares the Outsiders and the Titans are dead. To be continued in Batman and the Outsiders issue number five. And of course... The comic title, Batman and the Outsiders, issue number five, published again by DC Comics. The cover date was December 1983, on sale date September 22nd, 1983. The cover price was 75 cents. The cover credits this time are by George Perez with Jim Aparo on the inks. The plotter is Marv Wolfman, and the writer this time is Mike W. Barr. The artist is Jim Aparo, the colorist Adrian Roy, and the editor Len Wein. The title is Simon Says. The Titans and the Outsiders plummet deep into the sea, facing certain death. Terra manages to reassemble some of the island debris into a single mass to carry the two teams to dry land. Although Terra passes out from the strain, Geoforce picks up from where his little sister left off and saves both teams. Batman then barks orders to both teams, telling them to reconvene at Outsider headquarters in Gotham City, much to the chagrin of Robin, feeling he's been demoted back to being a sidekick boy wonder at best. At the Jersey Palisades headquarters of the Fearsome Five, Dr. Light is quickly voted off the island by the team he assembled. With Simon as their new leader, Dr. Light must flee! But Simon sends his Earth creatures after their former leader. Back at the Outsiders headquarters in Gotham, the two teams have a moment of respite to catch up with one another and get to know each other better. 
Corey and Wally also recognize Batman's mistreatment of their team leader. But Dr. Jace and Batman have determined that the Fearsome Five's next attack will take place in Manhattan. However, Robin has been monitoring the police radio and tells the teams that the internal squabbles of the Fearsome Five against Dr. Light have turned up in the middle of Central Park. Batman again barks orders to have the Flyers carry those heroes who cannot fly. As the teams arrive on the scene, Dr. Light is fending off Simon's astral form as well as his army of Earth creatures. When Cyborg appears, Simon is shocked to realize his plans have failed and the Outsiders and the Titans are still alive! Although Simon gets in one last blast on Dr. Light before departing, Dr. Light remains in the land of the living and is quickly interrogated. Cyborg and Dr. Jace prepare an invention that will protect the two teams from being mind-controlled by Simon. Meanwhile, Simon has thrown a transmitter switch from the Empire State Building that mind-zonks every person in New York City. With the Outsiders and the Titans on the scene, they work carefully to stop the mind-controlled civilians without bringing them to harm. As Batman barks his final order, Robin steps in, telling Batman he's got it all wrong. He doesn't know Robin's Titans teammates as well as Robin does, and he's got way more experience leading a team than Batman has. Batman steps aside as Robin handles both team strategies from here on out. Terra battles Shimmer, Geoforce defeats Mammoth, and Batman and Robin tackle Gizmo. Metamorpho turns the tables on Shimmer, and she she transmutes herself into glass. The two teams pile on with energy blasts at the direction of Robin against Simon. Cyborg and Geoforce tear down Simon's amplifier, and Robin kept Halo in reserve for this very moment when Simon tries to escape. Halo is able to capture Simon in a stasis beam instead of him using telekinesis to flee. All's well that ends well, except that Dr. Light clobbered Dr. Jace and escaped, but at least left his costume in a note saying, I quit. Sister and brother, Terra and Geoforce, say their farewells, and Batman acknowledges that Robin not only leads the Titans well, but that Robin is officially his former pupil. The two shake hands as equals, and the Outsiders and Titans smile and watch on. The end. So, uh, so that is the kind of long-winded synopsis for the, the two-parter where the new Teen Titans meet up with the Outsiders. This, I mean, obviously, I've never read this before, but like, I, I like once I read it, I was like, oh right, like okay, this is like you, you've mentioned this story before, like you talk about how, you know, there's that confrontation between Batman and Robin where, you know, they point out that Robin's much better at leading a team than Batman. Yeah, I mean, and I think I'm also like familiar with a lot of this stuff because I think. A lot of uh, Young Justice season three is like takes from this era, basically. Yeah, like, the yeah, outsiders Dr. Chase and, and the outsiders. And yeah, giving people metahuman powers and everything so like that. A lot of this sure. like seemed very familiar to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, yeah, I, I do harp about this all the time, but I mean, I I do think that's one of those things that makes. I mean, I feel like it's something that they've lost over the years. I mean, in some ways, maybe they've tried to bring that back a little recently. Like, I mean, you know, I don't know. Dark Crisis may be a big pile of stinking poo, but at least the end result of it is like, you know, Nightwing is leading a team of Titans and they're supposedly, you know, replacing the Justice League. So it essentially or ostensibly, that means that, you know, Dick Grayson is basically in charge of, you know, 
the the premier superhero team of the DC universe. So I, I think at least in that sense, they haven't missed that beat. But I mean, you know, this is probably my my get off your lawn old man rant about things. But like, I, I just always have thought like this story accentuates it and, and tells it, I think, in a positive fashion. But what makes Robin or Dick Grayson different from Batman, you know, there, there's a lot of things that make him different from Batman. But the, the thing I always thought was accentuated in this story was what you just said, that he's he's a far superior leader and he's been leading teams of metahumans far longer than Batman ever has. And he's got a better relationship with all of them because he considers them his family. And Batman, you know, to Batman, the outsiders are just a bunch of fucking stooges that you know do shit when he tells them to you know what i mean and i i think that's also emphasized too by you know i love the the bwahaha era of justice league but like to me that's always emphasized by that as well where batman in that is kind of you know in a, in a more jokey fashion but like he's the same guy it's like people snap too when batman gives orders he's a smart guy you know and 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 they try to do what he tells them to do but he doesn't you know his his way of doing it is is uh, very, you know, just like his fighting style. You know, it's very brute force. It's direct. It's to the point. It doesn't always massage people's egos. And I'm not saying you have to massage egos to get things done with a team. But the way that that, you know, Robin does it, you know, to me, Robin goes along with all those great kind of strategist type leaders in comics, you know, whether it's like Captain America or Cyclops or, you know, whoever you're going to point to as, as, as great strategists. And I think Dick Grayson is up there with the best of them. And so, you know, when I, and you talking about, you know, say like the Young Justice cartoon, I mean, you know, that cartoon has had its ups and downs as of recently, but you know, the, the thing that I always see on that where, you know, you feel like you got the fist pump or the fuck yeah type moments is, you know, seeing those moments where it's like Captain Adam is in charge, you know, during the invasion and, and, you know, Nightwing or Dick Grayson is in charge, you know, it's like, it's like he's in charge. He's basically, if Captain Adam is the general over like all the adult Justice League metahumans, it was like Nightwing was in charge of all the, you know, the teen young justice heroes. And, and uh, you know, those moments like that, you know, to me, feel 100% right. You know, there's nothing that feels wrong about that to me. So, I, I you know, and, and that's kind of why I guess I, I dig this story. Like, this isn't anything I, you know, picked off the spinner rack or anything like that. To me, this is kind of an anniversary celebration. It's, you know, stuff I read as back issues in the comic shop. Like, you know, obviously the the Perez art is fantastic. The Aparo art is fantastic. Like the, the two covers that join together to form a single image is like, you know, the epitome of, you know, what what Perez would do best in things like Crisis, like have these hordes of mindless creatures, like whether it's like Shadow, Shadow, demons or you know these these kind of earth creatures or whatever these kind of you know dark looking shadowy figures like tackle all the heroes so there's you know this giant two-page kind of spread of everybody that's participating in the crossover and everything and you know anyway i i just i i dig this a lot i know justin you said you were you were doing like a read-through of outsiders like uh, for a little while and i i was kind of curious like did this catch like did your read-through catch up to this or had you read this before or i eventually caught up to it this isn't a slight on batman and the outsiders but this seemed to be one of those books that was kind of always in the discount bin like mm-hmm Batman and the Outsiders, 
Raven the Bold, like late issues, and then DC Comics Presents, you could always count on those issues being in like the dollar bin or the 50 cent bin. And those were usually pretty good reads. Like that's not a knock on those books. Like you could pick up an issue of those and it'd be a solid read. And I remember sometime in the 90s, I was at a random comic book store. There wasn't anything current that I was interested in. I was like, oh, I'm all caught up. There's nothing new for me. So I'd Started digging through the back issue boxes, and I was like, oh, it's Batman and the Outsiders. I don't think I've ever really read much of this. So I kind of picked out, like, four issues, and then the guy behind the counter, he hollers at me. He's like, oh, uh, take you know, take half off of those. I was like, oh, okay. So instead of getting, like, four issues of Batman and the Outsiders, I ended up getting, like, eight issues. And I was like, oh, this is a pretty solid book. And I've read random issues over the years, but I started reading, like, the first trade of Batman and the Outsiders. I was like, all right, I'm just going to start from issue one and, you know, see what jogs my memory and see how far I can go with this. And I really like it. I really like the artwork. And, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in, like, this era of DC Comics that I'm... I feel like I'm feel familiar with just by like absorbing stuff from other books and like comic other like comic book nerds like Teen Titans like in this crossover I don't think I've read very many issues where Terra is part of the team so like this is like a puzzle piece like I know about Terra I know like her backstory for the most part and what happens and all that stuff but like actually reading those issues I've only read like maybe a handful. So that was like an interesting piece of the puzzle. And it's interesting seeing like, you know, she's like, there's some discussion like, oh, she's got the same costume as uh, Geoforce. And then Beast Boy in his little monkey form, he's like scratching his head. He's like, something's wrong here. Tara told me she sewed her own costume because like Geoforce is like, yeah, we're brother and sister. You know, like she got her powers a year before me. So Beast Boy is all puzzled. He's like, something's not right here. But like, you know, he's he's baffled, but he's like so like you know, head over heels for her. Like, I assume that, like, that kind of, like, that concern goes out the window, like, until it's too late. This is an interesting, like, little team-up. I like how the um, Outsiders issue, like, when you get to that, that first page, it has the little floating heads on the left and right side, like the old JLA and JSA. Yep. Yep. I was like, yep. oh, man, like, that's a really nice touch. It's like, yeah, here are all your very, characters. Very classic imagery and everything, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like, like, I guess, like for me, when I was tracking down back issues, this will probably point to the the 90s influence on on some of my back issue buying or, you know, how I always say, like I was looking for, you know, I don't know, like Silver Surfer appearances when I went hunting for back issues. So for me, I was always like hunting like Deathstroke appearances in the back issues so like you know i i didn't you know i never really had like a giant complete run of of you know new teen titans and i think back then i was still sort of confused because you know there's this volume of new teen titans and then this volume turns into tales of the new teen titans and then some of those tale of the new teen titans are reprints of the baxter new teen titans series so it was like you know to me i was like sort of piecing all that together and it was kind of confusing but so at the time i wasn't sure like what you know that that there were even two different series i don't think i i picked up on that yet but i was i was buying you know some new teen titans comics from what would what would be the baxter series you know then and would continue being published right and i was buying those in real time but then i was going back and hunting back issues and like this stood out to me because it was a two-parter and it had the joined cover and everything and i was like oh that's cool and and you know that that's how i stumbled upon these but then like with in regards to tara um you know i was always hunting down 
Deathstroke appearances. So it was like, oh, New Teen Titans 2 I went out and bought. And then New Teen Titans 10 I went out and bought because Deathstroke was in it. And I was like, well, what else is Deathstroke in? And he was in New Teen Titans 34. And that's kind of a key missing link moment because I think you guys are talking about, oh, I know things through osmosis. Or maybe you watched like, you know, the direct-to-video of Judas Contract or you watched you know, the the Teen Titans animated series from 2003 or, you know, what what were or like, you know, Mike saying he picked up some of this outsiders kind of plot points and stories from the Young Justice series and everything like that. But New Teen Titans 34 was just like this gigantic setup because it was like that's the issue where Tara wears the costume she's in in this issue. And it's the same issue where she tells Changeling, oh, yeah, do you like my new costume? Can I join the Titans now? Like, I just sewed this costume. Like, you know, let me join the Titans. And they're still kind of on the edge with her. You know, they're kind of like, oh, we're not sure yet. Like, we don't know. Like, you haven't really proven yourself yet and all this other stuff. And so Deathstroke shows up, starts this big, huge fight. And, and nearly kills all the Titans. And, and who basically saves the day is Terra. Like, and Terra comes in and, and Fs up Deathstroke. But at the end of it, it's like they meet up in private. And it's like, good going, girl. Like, you, you pulled all the wool over their eyes. And she's like, yeah, they won't fucking suspect the thing now. Like, now I'm in. Because by the end of it, they're like, oh, you proved yourself. You beat up Deathstroke and all this other stuff. And so, like, this is maybe what, like, you know, three issues after that or so, you know? So it's like that that's why she has that, you know, thought balloon about these 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 nerds might figure out I'm working with Deathstroke or whatever. I better go, you know, see what's going on with my beeper and Dr. Jace and all this other shit. And and then the other thing I always thought was interesting was I would always read these interviews. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but at the time the outsiders and and the the new teen titans were were kind of they weren't created at the same time like the new teen titans obviously had you know more issues and they'd been cre- you know already existing for a while but terra's creation and the creation of the outsiders were both kind of gestated around the same time and they both independently like i think mike barr and wolfman both had this idea of like oh we're going to make a character and they're going to have earth-based powers right and and you know of course perez and wolfman came up with terra and then i think aparo and mike w Barr came up with geoforce and as they were talking with one another they were like oh shit we're both doing characters that have earth-based powers and you know at some point there might have been you know i mean who knows maybe these days it, it would have been a fiefdom and somebody would have won and there would have only been one character with the earth-based powers and they would have said the hell with it but they actually worked in tandem and went like oh hey wait a minute what's your character gonna look like well let's make the costumes look kind of similar and then let's reveal at some point that they're brother and sister and we can do a big crossover and it'll be cool, you know, like that whole kind of idea. And so that's where you get the whole they're reunited, like like they 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 have the same costume to kind of tie them as brother and sister. But then meanwhile, you know, in the back of his head, you know, it doesn't maybe in his subconscious, you know, it doesn't quite click yet. But Changeling kind of knows something isn't quite right because he was told a different story. Do you know what I mean? And he's like, well, wait a minute. Like, you know, Tara told me she sewed this costume herself. But then it's like, oh, wait. But, you know, it's like if you put two and two together, you realize they both got their powers from Dr. Jace and they're both Earth-based and, and the, the costumes had already, 
you know, sort of been in existence or whatever. So, you know, this is like, I think what uh, Judah's contract starts in issue 42 of this run. So, you know, you're about what, like uh, 38, 39, 40, 41. You're about like four issues away from that taking place in real time. So you're you're pretty close. But this is kind of right before that as far as, you know, putting the dots together. Something I noticed about Tara and it's mostly George Perez, like he draws her with like, buck teeth like i don't yep. know if you noticed that yeah yeah, yeah. I, yeah i never i never really noticed that before and i was just like i was like oh is this just like an off-model panel for praise like that's weird but then there's that one close-up where she's like you know where's dr jace did they kill her and you can clearly see i'm just like oh okay that's an interesting like characters like i never never ever noticed before. i i think that's by design like i i suppose god rest his soul at least he's not alive to get canceled over this or whatever but there's like there's this funny quote in in like you know some interview from some magazine or whatever but it, it basically was tantamount to you know they knew they were making like the anti kitty pride basically mm-hmm. like they were gonna introduce like this young like mm-hmm. like not sexualized but like just a, a a young girl that most people were used to having that be their you know their vehicle to get introduced to a team with but instead they were going to make her like the like you wouldn't like her like she was going to be the guy gardener of the team like this little bratty kid and and then furthermore like i think perez was like you know she she's basically going to be kind of you know, an ugly duckling too. like, like she's not, you know, she's going to kind of have these, these, you know, rabbit teeth and she's going to kind of have freckles and she's, she's kind of going to be gawky and awkward looking and all this other stuff. And the, the reason for that was because they knew one, they knew they were introducing her with the purposes of her eventually being revealed as a traitor. And they knew they were going to kill her at the end of it. Do you know what I mean? So it was like they knew all that going into it. And so they wanted that reveal, which, of course, these days is uh, constantly reevaluated and, 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 and you know, talked up the yin yang about how Deathstroke's, you know, uh, a horrible person or whatever. Right. And I'm like, well, he was the fucking bad guy. So, duh. But like, you know, whatever. Anyway, I don't want to get into that too much. But the, the quote was basically like, oh, yeah. So we wanted it to be like this off-putting, awkward moment of this this ugly duckling, gawky teenage girl with buck tooth comes out in lingerie smoking a cigarette, and you know she's just been in bed with Deathstroke, and you think, God, what a little fucking slut, you know? Like, and that was that was the quote. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, and it was, I mean, it was, you know, it was on purpose. Like, the whole thing was on purpose, and it was supposed to be juxtaposed. It was supposed to be like, who, who you know? I mean, aside from poor changeling, like who who would even think this this gawky looking, you know, chick was was attractive. Right. And then you're supposed to be like, oh, my God, like she's a traitor and and she's getting banged by Deathstroke. Like what? Like so, some people want to massage it and say, oh, that never happened. Like she just she thought she was with Deathstroke and she had a puppy dog crush on him. Like, there, you know, there there's certainly things like that. But I mean, I, I'm just kind of speaking from you know, creator intent. Right. So like, there, there's probably things where they either tried to massage it. And then later now there's, there's things where they just flat out acknowledge that, but then of course reevaluate it through the, the unfortunate modern lens, which just, 
is a bunch of headache and a whole can of worms, right? So like, well, like I've I've not read those stories or whatever, but I always read about how it's like a tug of war with Terra, where it's like her like her original creators intended her to be like you know rotten to the core and stuff, and like 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 I don't I've never read the Judas contract, but isn't like at the end when she's like going nuts, like even Deathstroke is like, damn, she's like crazy, like yep. or whatever, yep. like and but like you know in all modern retellings, it's more like you know. Terra is the victim, basically, right, and you right. know, Deathstroke mm-hmm. is the scumbag. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, but I, I think they were, you know, at that time they were like, you know, trans slowly transforming Deathstroke into more of an anti-hero, right? Like, you know, so. I, I think it was a little early for that. Like, like I think Deathstroke was still a, a bad dude. Do you know what I mean? But, but even even so, I I, I think I think it's the difference between like I don't know if you're going with the anti-Kitty Pride like analogy like pretend the anti kitty pride is kitty pride and she gets possessed by the dark phoenix and then at some point magneto's like whoa this this chick is cray cray like it doesn't mean like magneto's not a bad guy it just means like even the bad guy even the big bad is like taking pause for a moment and going holy shit this person's crazy and and super powerful like she's she's ready to bring the entire house down on us like honestly like to me, Tara, like what you describe is accurate. Like Tara was like doing a, a single white female thing. Do you know what I mean? Like she she had major problems before Deathstroke even met her. And and the, the villainy in Deathstroke or, you know, wh- whatever, the, this retroactive modern judgment on Deathstroke, like all that stuff springs from the fact that he took advantage of an existing situation. Like to me, I, I think the funny part is like, you know how they, there's that, stupid fucking meme about if Indiana Jones wasn't in fucking Raiders of the Lost Ark, it would have all ended up the same way anyway. And, you know, and then I think they put it on the Big Bang Theory and whatever stupid shit. And people are like, oh, my God, that ruins the movie or, what you know, whatever dumb shit. Like my supposition would be to you if I'm writing my uh, theoretical analysis on, uh, you know, Terra of the New Teen Titans, right, for my college doctorate or whatever, right, would just be, dude, even if Deathstroke wasn't there, like she would have ended the same way and someone else or, you know, like she, she would have gone cray cray or fallen for some, the, the, the manipulations of some other dude. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think it would have made a difference whether Deathstroke was there or not. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think she still would have gone down that same road or path or whatever. And then I, I do agree with what you're saying about, you know, it's because that probably was considered a not so happy ending. You'll notice in basically every media incarnation of her, there's more aspect like what you were talking about, where, you know, she's more the victim and 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 maybe there's some aspect of redemption for the character, you know, that that they make her well, it's like, you know, more more likable or or at least likable enough that she can, you know, potential have to have the potential to be redeemed. Whereas I think the original character as created had no redeeming qualities like she she would have been crazy whether Deathstroke was there or not. Well, it's like I feel like, you know, like in the, the Teen Titans cartoon, it's like she sacrifices herself to save the rest of them. And then in that like Judas contract movie, she pretty much like commits suicide 
And then, like, in Young Justice, it's like they try to, like, subvert your expectations and make, like, you know, Geoforce the one to, like, sort of betray them instead of Terra. But, mm -hmm. like, yeah, so there's always, I feel like they keep, like, you know, trying to tug a war, like, away from the original right. concept right. or whatever. But, and I mean, you know, I guess, you know, she, she has the potential to be a, you know, she did and she has like become like a popular character. So, I mean, they have to do some massaging to make that like, you know, right. But, you know, I, I you know, sometimes like some characters are, are like their original portrayals are kind of lost eventually because of that. Cause they have to make these characters marketable, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess if you're selling, Terra underoos and plushies or whatever Terra sells, then I, I suppose that's the case. I don't know that that, you know, I mean, it is what it is, I guess. Since you guys are both fans, I, you know, I, I basically wrote down, you know, what I thought was the most obvious reference. But did you see that Dr. Light made a reference to the old Twilight Zone story in, in the beginning of the prison break? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So, like, I mean, I, I, I basically figured it was the, you know, the Marsha, Marsha, Marsha episode or whatever, the, the after hours. But uh, I, I don't know if you guys had any other thoughts on that, but that's kind of what I took it as, you know, the episode where, you know, the, the mannequin escapes and is running around the, the, the department store. And then at the end of it, she has to come back and become a mannequin and everything that that was what I took that as a reference to. But I don't know if you guys had any other thoughts. Well, that's kind of what I assumed. Since you're kind of getting into your notes, like I have a question, maybe you've got it down there. How long has Jason Todd been a ward of Bruce Wayne and how much longer till Dick Grayson becomes Nightwing? Dick Grayson becomes Nightwing at the end of the Judas contract, which is issue 44. Okay. So uh, what, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, maybe like it, it, it's like maybe half a year away. Like, I mean, I as far as Nightwing goes. I guess I'm showing my ignorance, but I guess I kind of just assumed, like, as soon as Jason Todd showed up, like, he kind of, like, quickly became Robin, but I guess that's he, not the case. He, he, uh, but, like, he ran around and he had a costume, and I think they tried to call him Sparrow for a hot minute. Like, there, hmm. there were, there, there were growing pains with that. Like, okay. if, if I recall, uh, issue here i guess i could look it up but i think it's issue 368 of batman that he actually is uh robin if i recall correctly let me just make sure i'm not making that up yeah so batman 368 so that is let's see i'm trying to remember but i think jason todd appears er, you know obviously earlier than that but let's see Batman 368 came out in November of 1983. So it, it, it basically like maybe a couple issues, you know, a, a few months after this story in terms of if you want to talk about chronology, like that's that's when like Jason Todd first dons the Robin costume. I don't think it was quite as long as they drew it out with Tim Drake, but basically Jason Todd first shows up in Batman 357. So that's like what, eight, nine, 10, 11, uh, almost a year. So, so basically he doesn't like officially wear the Robin costume until like about a year later. And then the the only other thing was, and, and this is just to, to sort of, uh, you know, 
scratch my head and go, gee, golly whiz, wow, or whatever, or, or be in shock that, that this is a true statement. But um, of the Fearsome Five, all of them have appeared in animation, but only Simon and Mammoth have yet to appear in live action. And I'm kind of like gobsmacked by the fact that like three of the five fearsome five have appeared in live action. And that's mostly thanks. Where's shimmer appeared the, the live action Titans. Like it's mostly thanks to the live action Titans series. Like, like basically like gizmo and shimmer. And, um, I think, uh, even Dr. Light, like all appear on, uh, that live action Titans show in, in various capacities there. They never appear as the fearsome five, obviously, because, they never had all the fearsome, you know, all the members show up, but in individual capacities, they all show up at one time or another on that series. I mean, I, I kind of liked in, in Batman and the outsiders like that, those moments that like were, where there was like a brief respite, like a break to where they could catch up with each, like sort of meet one another in a non combat situation, you know, and have conversations like where, like say like wonder girl and halo both kind of, commiserate or or relate in the sense that like they both have like mysterious pasts at this point so they're like hey my past is unknown and they're like my past is unknown too you know and they they can kind of relate on that level and then like there there's like those moments with like black lightning and kid flash and like i I don't know if this is just me stewing in my misery about everything horrible they've done to wally west but it's like every time i read stuff like this and I see like, oh, look, there's Kid Flash as a teenager, like not even an adult, like handling his powers in a way more responsible way than they ever had him handle them as an adult. Like you realize all those stories are like complete horseshit or that it's just, you know, you know, that aspect of like. I don't know the the whole you know Marvel characters are flawed or easily corruptible or what whatever conversation that is and and DC characters are not it's like they're clearly not in this issue do you know what I mean like and every time like they're like if you applied all this dumb modern sensibility to it like Kid Flash could have easily like I don't know snapped Katana's neck with his super speed or like when 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 they're hurting all those mind controlled people at the end of the Outsiders like any of those mind controlled people could have been killed when when Shimmer gets the her own powers turned back on her and she gets turned into glass like I mean that's like in in Doomsday Clock like that's like it ruins Firestorm forever because he turns some kid into glass and they shatter the kid, right? Like, but in this, like, Shimmer doesn't get shattered. Like, you you just figure, dude, they went, they brought her back to jail and then they undid it at some point. You know, like, it's not like this, like, you know, violin of, like, you know, torturous, like, I don't know, whatever, right? It's just like, you know, I don't know. Anyway, but it's just, you know, stuff like that cracks me up because I'm like, look, you know, like, you you took for granted how good even these kids were at their superhero jobs because you, you like when when people start writing it as if they were all incompetent boobs then you see like all this horrible shit that could have happened in this issue but then didn't so i don't know that that's just me and of course you know th- this is the major moment where you know even even starfire and kid flash like notice 
how how Batman's being kind of a bat dick or a bat jerk or whatever. So it's not like it's just Robin that's like stewing over it. Like even his teammates kind of notice like the change or at least the the consideration or the 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 relationship, the dynamic is different because it's like, oh, look, there's, you know, quote unquote, one adult in the room and then he's talking down to everybody type thing. And then and then like the whole plot that Simon has, like it kind of cracked me up because it kind of reminds me of like the the hate plague from Return of Optimus Prime. It's like they all kind of, you know, like Starfire and I think Cyborg helped make this MacGuffin machine that basically protects them from getting hit by Simon's whammy. So it made me think of like when, you know, it's like, oh, how much of this metal do we have? We got a code Optimus in it so he doesn't get infected. And it's like basically all the outsiders and all the Teen Titans have the metal coating so that they don't get sort of mind zonked or whatever. And, you know, and I guess we kind of we kind of uh, jumped the gun. But, you know, I, I of course, I have the note about, you know, that that Dick is a better team leader than Batman. And this you know, to me, this has always been a key moment in Dick Grayson's character development. I guess what I didn't get into, which maybe I'll I meant to uh, old man rant about this, you know, or whatever. It's not really a rant, but it's just I think it's a mistake. I think it was a mistake. And I, I, I know he's super popular and I know this is probably like this crazy controversial statement or whatever. I think it was a mistake to give Nightwing a solo book. Like, and I don't care that it makes money or whatever the, like, I mean, I just think creatively, like it was a creatively bankrupt decision. Like Nightwing belongs as the leader of a team, whether it's the Titans, whether it's him graduating to be Batman where Damien is Robin. And then that version of Batman is the leader of the Justice League. Like it was in James Robinson's run. Like to me, that is like like the, the the whole thing, you know, you know how they're like it was a mistake for Captain Kirk to become an admiral like 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 you, you and, and, and Bones is like, you know, get back to command before you really do grow old. Like, I, I feel like I feel like Bones should come like I'm Bones. And I'm like, it was a mistake to give Nightwing a solo series like you should take all that shit back and he should just be like leading the team like like if 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 I was going to write a shitty ass like X-Men Forever story or whatever where it was like this is going to continue from where whatever left off like I wouldn't have had Nightwing and Starfire's wedding get ruined by fucking Raven and I just would have had him marry Starfire happily and they would have kept leading the fucking Titans and none of that shit would have happened. There would have been no ongoing book. But that's just me being like crazy and writing fanfics or whatever. But I'm I'm curious what you guys think of that. Like just that notion and or or it, you know if it's just like oh you know stop yelling at cloud old man like you know go away or whatever. But I I'm I'm just curious as as a topic of discussion. At least you're self-aware and realize you're a crazy old man. That counts for nothing. <laughs> but yeah, as someone who's read a lot of Nightwing comics, I have to completely disagree with you. Well, tell tell me. Well, then that's fine. Like, but tell me, like, what? Why? Why are Nightwing solo comics more compelling? Because to me, it just feels like he's Daredevil light or some shit. Like, like what? What like basically if you put Nightwing solo up against Batman in this same scenario, why why is like there's no competing like Batman as a solo guy is always going to talk down to Nightwing. He's always going to be Batman superior. There's nothing that sets him apart from Batman. In fact, he's he, he the only thing he can do is maybe take on Batman's costume or whatever. Like, I mean, you could argue to me that that. As Batman, he was a better Batman for Damien than Bruce Wayne ever was. Like, you could certainly make that argument to me. But 
that's not Nightwing is like a solo character. Like, so I, I'm curious, like I, I get that it's enjoyable, like, like, and that's fine, but I'm just curious, like, like, you know, prove that I'm a, a crazy old man. Like, tell, tell me what's, what makes Nightwing like awesome. Like as far as like being like a solo hero guy or whatever. What makes Nightwing awesome is Dick Grayson. Like I don't like the modern betrayal of Bruce Wayne. Like I've I've also been reading some like late golden age, early silver age, like Batman and Detective Comics. And I like the Batman who can like tell a joke or laugh at a joke or have some fun. Like the grim and greedy Bruce Wayne as Batman. Like I don't like that. I don't like the cold, unfeeling character that he become. I think it I think okay, this is my crazy old man like ranting. I think the nineties comics and then okay, going back to like eighties stuff, right? Like I think all the grim and greedy stuff did the character of Batman, Bruce Wayne, I think it did him a big disservice. The same way like all the Grant Morrison, Bat God, Prep Time also did him a disservice mm. because okay. you've got this, you've got this cold, unfeeling character. Like he's so far up his own ass. When the earthquake hits Gotham, like he he takes it upon himself to save Gotham himself. Like he doesn't want help from Superman or the Justice League or anybody. I'm like he's so far up his own ass. Like he can't see. So in that sense, like just just as a sidebar, like I, I agree with you, like just in terms of just facts. Right. But then is there like can you like I guess to me, like then what's the Nightwing story where Nightwing is not up his own ass like and, and he teams up with like, say, Superman. Right. Like or you know what I mean? Like that. That's what I'm trying to like get at. Like, where's where's the version where you. Like, it's fine that you can say Nightwing's better because he's Dick Grayson. But like, is there something you can think of where you're like, if I if if I sort of said to you, like, show me the like, what's like the, you know, a, a perfect Dick Grayson moment that that where he's not up his own ass and he, he basically is Batman's superior as a solo character, like like where, you know, there is some kind of giant, you know issue like no man's land going on just and it, maybe it's from no man's land you know what i mean like like but it's like that that's the kind of thing where you know i guess what i'm getting at i suppose i don't know about that but just just for me like i find dick grayson a better character and a more rela- relatable character and i enjoy i enjoy reading nightwing more than Batman, typically, but that's just that, that's fair. I mean, I mean, if you like the character better, right, because he's not up his own ass and because he's more relatable and you feel like he's not as uh, in terms of his personality, he's not been dealt uh, as big a blow of disservice as, say, Batman, as Bruce Wayne has with, with whatever incarnations, you know, the dark grim avenging, you know prep time god what you know whatever you're pointing to is is what caused it like that's i i get it like that's fine because i i I think i think mike could at least speak to that right because i mean i know i know you've at least read like the the morrison batman and robin run yeah dick grayson as batman and i know i know we at least you and i at least have have said that you know at, at bare minimum 
you know, Dick is a better, you know, Batman for Damien than I, I Bruce kinda, Wayne ever was. I kind of know where you're coming from because, like, back in the day when, like, Justice League Unlimited and, like, even Justice League was, like, airing, like, I used to lurk on, like, Dwayne McDuffie's message board. And, like, the one question he'd always get asked, like, relentlessly was, like, is Nightwing ever going to show up on Justice League? Like, is Nightwing ever going to show up on Justice League Unlimited? And, like, most of the time he'd be diplomatic about it. He was like, oh, yeah, if we think of a story, we'll probably bring him in. But, like, towards the end of the run, he was like, no, like, Nightwing will never show up on that show. And he was like, and you want to know why? It's because we don't need another Batman, basically, on that show. Like, like what... He's like, we don't have a story for Nightwing to show up. And I think that's down to the way they like developed like Robin and like Dick Grayson in the like DC animated universe, which is, you know, they 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 kind of keyed in on the like, oh, you know, him and Batman had a falling out. But like unlike the comics, like they never seem to reconcile in the animated continuity. So there's like nowhere for Dick Grayson to go, really. Like so it's, like, I know this is this is going way off topic but i'm sort of having fun talking about it like like you know what that reminds me of and i don't know if either of you guys have read any of this stuff yet but like i fucking hate how he's portrayed in batman beyond the white knight like that's the the sean gordon murphy like you know run of of batman books or whatever and you know it, it's funny because i think the the first book with say harley and joker is like the world's smartest people only works if you make Batman a complete dunderhead in the story, which I think is what happens, right? And then you get the the middle miniseries, which is very interesting to me because it actually makes Azrael look like a threatening and kind of cool, badass character. And for some reason, I'm not as um, beholden to Azrael's original concept and origin. So, so to me, I found that more fascinating. So I was a little more drawn to that. And then by the time you get to the third one, they bring in Terry McGinnis. They do Derek Powers and all this stuff. And and again, Batman is this old curmudgeon old man in jail, but still, you know, he's with Harley Quinn and I don't know, there, there's all this stuff going on. But the, the reason why I keyed in on it was Dick Grayson joins like the, the police goon, you know, uh, SS Nazi squad that's run by Derek Powers and is basically an antagonist for, I'd say, like, you know, four sixths of the book. Like, even though he eventually he comes around and all this other stuff and, you know, they try to still do fan favorite things with him. But it's like and hearing you say that, like hearing you say they never reconciled in the animated continuity and me understanding that those white knight comics are like uh, uh, an adult gritty version future of the animated series that kids grew up on. It's for those it's for kids who grew up watching the Batman, the animated series, and then they started reading the Sean Gordon Murphy stuff and they're basically going to have their minds blown and go, whoa, this is so badass. Kind of like when I read Dark Knight Returns back in the 80s. Do you know what I mean? And thought, oh, I just thought he was like Adam West. And I went, whoa, this is so cool or whatever. And it's supposed to be that same visceral experience or whatever. And of course, I'm a you know grumpy old man, so it doesn't really it, the, the Jedi mind trick doesn't quite work on me the same way. Like I, I get different things out of it. But 
but you saying that that they never really reconciled makes me think of that for that series going oh i guess it makes sense that he'd be an antagonistic heavy because he really never patched shit up with that grumpy old fucking asshole do you know what i mean like and you're just like they never, yeah, they they never patch shit up on that show. And the other thing that always bugged me about that is they jumped right into Nightwing, and there there was never any. I mean, I, I suppose there's all these dumb fanboy arguments that, uh, you know, that the Teen Titans animated series somehow ties into the 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 DC animated, you know, the Timverse or whatever. But I, I I've never thought that, so that doesn't really hold water with me. And it's like, so there's no, you know, there's no example of him leading a team which i i mean to me i've always thought was what sort of separates him from from being just another batman character or even you know like uh, you know kind of like what i was saying like just a daredevil light i mean you give him bloodhaven and that's just like i mean that's the kind of thing i get it like i get why it was popular like but to me it's like no different than Wolverine has Madapur or you know Madapur or whatever the fuck Madripoor like how would the fuck you say it anyway but like you, you know it's like oh let's just stick Wolverine in this other place and he does things solo but it's like you know i did like some of the elements of those books but i i i've never quite like you know, to me, I was it, it's almost the same thing. It's like it's like he's not on the X-Men like like it, it, there's something about it that like feels like it's they, they, they took certain puzzle pieces out that made those characters work. But, you know, I guess that's just, you know, again, I get it because I, I know there was like I was even, I think, part of it, too, because I mean, I remember when when they first kept trying to push like a Nightwing ongoing series. And at first all it was, was it was going to be like a mini series. And then that even got shit canned. It didn't get done, you know? And it was just like, but you were like, Oh man, like it, it's going to be so cool. And I, I don't know why it's like, it's like, you know, like, uh, you know, wanting is definitely not the same thing as having. Cause I, I think when I, you know, a lot of times when, when, when I finally got what I thought I wanted, I, I kind of realized it wasn't quite what I wanted, but you know, Anyway, I, I, I guess that kind of jumped away from from the actual two parter. But I mean, I, I do I do dig this two parter uh, a whole lot. And like I I like how, you know, Justin kind of keyed in on the whole, you know, JSA, JLA, like, you know, the, the little heads and the team up and that whole thing. And, you know, or, or like there, there's that moment where uh, Gizmo uses uh, I was going to ask you guys, like, am I am I the only one who knows what a speak and spell is like like. Because I was like, I thought it was funny. He MacGyver's like the jailbreak with like parts from a speak and spell. Like, I thought that was kind of funny. I remember speak and spell. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I got red, that. Yeah. Red, red. But yeah, I, I did enjoy this. Like I, I and, and like I said, it, it was helpful that like I, I had already seen versions of this, like in animation almost, or at least these characters. So there was nothing I was like super confused about or anything. Yeah, and, I, don't, uh, like, I, I, I don't think this is confusing. Like this is pretty well written. Like you can you can mostly take this at face value, except for maybe some some one off lines or thought balloons of Terra, you know, if you're not too too familiar with what's going on around that time. I also like when 
shtick is like uh, to Batman, like like you haven't even told your team like your secret identity or anything. Like you know, don't you have any like trust in them? Like and right, like right. that's well, I mean, it it shows you know it shows the the different styles and 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 I think you know even as early as this, like to Justin's point about Batman being up his own ass. Like I mean, that's that, you know. It's funny to me because like it's it's kind of like this generic leader line like you take flyers, take the people who can't fly like, you know, like that's something like every leader barks. But when Batman does it, it's like he's just kind of asshole about it. You know, it's it's not like it's for the urgency of the situation. There's there is an air of like dickishness to it, you know, type thing, you know, or, or that that he's overstepping his bounds, you know. I forgot. Maybe they even said this in dialogue somewhere, but they like they say like, oh, like everyone like listens to Batman because they're afraid of him. But like, you know, mm. they listen to Robin because they respect him. Basically. Right. So. Right. And, and that's that that's something I guess I guess I wish there was for me like like and, and you know, I, I've probably read a lot of Nightwing comics and maybe maybe I'm being blind and stubborn and obstinate to it, too. But it's like I, I wish there was some definitive moment of Nightwing solo wise where that was reflected. You know what I mean? Like where it's like, it's like a criminal doesn't like, in other words, I guess, I guess that's my, my philosophical problem with it. It's like if, if Robin can not, if Robin's not using fear to uh, run his teams, which to me, I think is a superior way of leading a team, then this whole argument they have, even in this very issue about methodology, you know, like, like, I, you know, I don't want to make all the people afraid of me, you know, and, and like, I, I just wish there was a way to, to show that off, like with, with Nightwing. And, and I, I, I think part of it is it's tough, right? Because you, you take the character, you put him in a, a shithole, kind of like Gotham City, that's not Gotham City. So it's Gotham City light. Like, that's what Bloodhaven is. It's a, a, a shittier cousin, you know, suburb of fucking Gotham City. Do you know what I mean? Like, like it's like, I don't know. It just, the, the, it's like, I guess it's what you had to do to make a solo book. But it, it just feels like everything is, is so demotive where, you know, you, you think like there, there's, there's some way, like if you were going to get out of the shadow of Batman and be a better Batman than Batman, then to me, it, it would almost be like, why don't you put him in in a low rent podunk metropolis instead of you know a shitty goth i don't know like i'm just spitballing but you you know what i mean like something something in the 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 opposite trajectory where it proves like look like you you don't have to you know you don't have to you know i don't know well you know use fear to to get what you want or whatever yeah i think it's in dan slots like Batman Adventures comic run or whatever, where they actually do have like a Nightwing story where Batman goes to Bloodhaven, where like, you know, animated Nightwing has like taken up residence and like Bloodhaven has like seen a like a like overnight like improvement in like in reduction with of crime and stuff since Nightwing moved there. And like Nightwing's all chummy with the police and they're, you know, they're really turning the city around. So they kind of like tried to like you know say oh instead of bloodhaven being even worse than gotham like it's actually getting better because nightwing's there like unlike gotham unlike gotham city yeah so interesting interesting that that's probably a fantastic example then of what i was asking for 
and even if I remember, I haven't read that in a while, but even in that, like, like Batman tries to like shake down these people and Nightwing's kind of like, no, like that's not like how we do things in my city. Like, you know, this is how like it works. And like, you know, at the end, Batman's like, okay, like I accept like, you know, that you do different things different. Like Bloodhaven is not Gotham, like, you know, and it seems to be working for you. So like, I'll just kindly fuck off. So, (laughs) you know, yeah. But no, like, Justin, like, I, I also get what you're saying. Like, I mean, he, he, Dick Grayson, Nightwing, like, he's a great character. Like, I, you know, you like to see him off on his own, like, solo adventures and stuff. But, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I lean more towards, like, what Derek's saying, that I think he needs someone to play off of, whether that's a team or, like, you know, someone like Damien or, you know, whoever else. But... That's, I, I kind of laugh like sometimes when people are like, you know, they should do a Nightwing movie. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, that seems like a lot of heavy lifting to, like, make that work. Like, I don't know. But well, it's either heavy lifting or 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 becomes very basic because then what do you it's like, again, like, is it just like Daredevil? But then instead of Kingpin, it's the the intelligent blockbuster and he's the crime boss and. You know, you know what I mean? And then what you do, like a, a love story with, uh, I don't know, Huntress or the Tarantula. Or, I mean, that that's that's what they pillaged in, uh, you know, I mean, people laughed about Arrow, the TV show stole from from Batman in the third season or whatever with Rachel Ghoul. Right. But like, I mean, Arrow was stealing from Nightwing back in season one when Huntress showed up and he had like a fling with her. Right. Like, so it's like it's I mean, you know. There, there, there are stories there. There are things you could do, but uh, w- whether that would like put someone on a movie map, you know, and you went, oh, damn, I want to see more of that. I, I don't know. You know, like, I mean, I guess it depends. Right. I mean, it, it is interesting, though, because I, I, I mean, you know, maybe I'm not the, the, the biggest duty head because I guess to this point. Right. Like there. I mean, whenever Nightwing has shown up in multimedia to this point it has always been with a team, right? Or, or at least, you know, some kind of guest ensemble or, you know, part of a bat family or, you know, something like that, right? So what, uh, uh, in your revisitation of, of Outsiders, Justin, like, uh, has there been anything, like, new that's come up for you or interesting or, or you know, anything that you you read for the first time or or just kind of a pleasant revisitation of of the uh, the uh, this original run. I think I just like the whole package, the way the story kind of slowly unfolds. And I, I dig Jim Aparo's artwork. I think it's great. I love how totally 80s Halo's costume is. And yeah. I like I like uh, slowly learning a little bit more about her. Yeah, it's it, it's just the whole package. Like I I haven't ran I haven't ran across those issues. You know, I told you that I I bought you know eight issues for fifty cents each. Like I think those were like later issues. So I I think it'll be a while before I like run into the run into those and like start jogging my memory. But yeah, I I kind of dig the whole package. Yeah, and I mean I mean the the outsiders. I mean for for all the. Uh you know, mocking that they get from time to time. I mean, the outsiders did have a similar trajectory as uh, the new teen Titans and that they got their own Baxter, you know, special series 
of the outsiders and then you know batman leaves the team and it becomes the adventures of the outsiders and 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 so there's like two outsiders books going on at the same time and you know there's a bunch of great art from helen davis and later in that run there's my she's not in this issue but my my favorite outsider is looker so i've always had a soft spot for looker so, uh, you know, I mean, there's there's plenty of cool stuff like that. And, you know, I, that, that's something I think is interesting, too, because you've got like a lot of these characters that, uh, you know, again, I, I think we've kind of probably uh, rode this into the ground. But I mean, a lot of the characters in in these books have shown up in, in animated versions. So, you know, it, somebody may never have read the original Outsiders books, but a lot of those you know, concepts and, and characters, you know, certainly have, uh, you know, kind of permutated into, you know, various animated shows over the years. Do you, I mean, is Halo your favorite outsider, do you think, Justin? Or? I don't know. That's a good question. I, I've i always liked Katana, so I'm, mm. I've keyed into her, and these are kind of early days for her, I feel like, or yeah, yeah. seems that way. Geoforce is kind of... He's not a total blank spot for me, but I just don't know a whole lot about him. So I like learning a little bit more about him. Always been a big fan of Metamorpho. So him showing up is just, you know, money in the bank as far as I'm concerned. I always like Metamorpho. He's one of those characters like the original Human Torch. It's like whenever he gets treated like crappily or he like gets killed off at the mm, end of the story, yeah. it just really disappoints me. It's just he's one of those characters you either they either know what to do with him or they're totally clueless and he kind of takes that abuse more often than not it seems yeah 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 that's how they kicked off the morrison jla by uh crapping all over yep. metamorpho right yeah that always bugged me like oh man come on this 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 is so great and you had to kill poor metamorpho like that you know can't keep him down for long i i thought it was interesting like it's funny like i guess i've always thought of simon as like a, a star screen type character but he's definitely like the alpha dog in this two issues you know like and I, mm -hmm. I guess the reason why i always thought of it that way was because in crisis at least you know simon was the one that's like oh everybody should pay attention to me i should be ruling and then you know it's like brainiac and luther like you know basically off him early on and 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 you know luther gets rid of the earth to luther and 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 then they get rid of simon and everything and then at the end it's just you know superpowers luther and brainiac going okay boys and girls like let's talk about like ruling planets and shit like that or whatever and so i i kind of always thought of simon as kind of like a a, a starscream guy who can't quite you know you know, he wants to be in charge of everything, but he can't quite run with the big boys. But in this, like, you know, I guess that that's tantamount to Dr. Light's kind of descending star, you know, like it's like he was always kind of especially in the Titans era, you know, he was always kind of like the butt of jokes and, and getting defeated and everything. So it's like in this case, it's almost like Dr. Light is the the star scream to, to Simon's Megatron in a weird way. So I guess I'm just not used to seeing you know, to me, I think my first impression of Simon was was different, you know, drastically different. And this was way before Dr. Light was all rapey. Yes. Yes. I, yeah, that was I that was not a, that wasn't even a zygote in anybody's uh, treatment or brain thoughts. I don't think I wasn't going to bring that up, but it, it it definitely colors your perception going back and reading like older older issues like this. 
I guess that's like for me, that's my my the bane of my existence. Every time I'm looking at Kid Flash going, look at how expertly he's he's handling all these civilians. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, look, this was like when he was a kid. So why is he going to fuck up as an adult or whatever? And then I suppose now if you look at, you know, Dr. Light kind of ogling um, Shimmer with uh, Gizmo and everybody else, you're kind of like, oh, OK, well, you know, which honestly is probably normal behavior right like they 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 should be ogling shimmer right but but if you take it a little further right then that's when it you know that's when it gets kind of like oh man you made me think of identity crisis or whatever you know that that line you mentioned of batman's when he said you know those who can fly like grab the people who can't like i always thought that was like a kurt busick ism because he used that a lot too like everyone who can fly grab someone who can't but that 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 always seems to be the go-to bark order line or whatever right yeah i also didn't like i've never been too familiar with black lightning but like he you know he talks about how like you know someone like died on his watch or whatever and like they kind of adapted that in the young justice cartoon as well so like i was like oh so that's like from the comics too like yeah okay. yeah I, I i yeah i did find that whole thing interesting because because it seemed like he was dealing with that and then you know i think at this point wally was you know maybe like two issues away from quitting the team. So, so he was, you know, dealing with a lot of shit like that too, where he was feeling all heavy hearted as well. So hearing that somebody older than him took a, took a breather, like took a break, you know, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, took a mental health day, you know, or took a mental health sabbatical from being a superhero. Right. Like that probably, uh, you know, had had more of an influence on on that later decision than maybe you would have uh, attributed it to have. Well, overall, I I enjoyed both issues. I you know they're they're fond issues for me. You know, I I I have them on my spinner rack just because I like them so much. And the you know, the, I I think they're worth reading for anybody who hasn't read them at all. And, um, I, you know, I don't know, that's, that's kind of my piece on it. Right. Like I, I, I think they're both fun, um, and, and they're well worth checking out. Um, I don't know if you guys have any final thoughts. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm going to keep on reading my, uh, Batman and the Outsiders trade. And then I think what I'd like to do is go back and read some more of this era of Titans. Cause I know I've read the first two trades, but beyond that, like it's, it's pretty sketchy. So I'd like to read more of that area. Yeah, you'll probably like get into more of, you know, like you said, you don't remember Tara showing up that much. Like there's definitely more of that where she had like her first costume, like where she had a mask and all that kind of stuff. So there's there, there's there's a number of stuff like that takes place, you know, before this. So, and, and you know, I mean, it, it, it's it's a it, you know, it was like must must read type title of the day. You know what I mean? I mean, that that, that was the stuff that was you know, competing with X-Men at the time, you know? So it's like they, they were definitely, you know, must-read books of, of the era. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this. Like I said, it was nothing, there was nothing I was confused about. It was really easy to get into. Like, and I, it was stuff like, like I said, I was familiar with and also like, you know, stuff that you had mentioned before. So I was like, oh, I see why Derek likes this. Like, you know, so yeah, very, very good, easy read. 
Cool, cool. All right, guys. Well, if if anybody listening has any comments, questions, and or concerns, if you if you if you agree with Justin and and you're like Derek is a fuddy old duddy and and Nightwing should always have solo books, uh, you can uh, send us happy emails at fanhousepodcast at gmail dot com, and you can check out all the backlog of episodes of comics motherfucker do you read them over on the blog spot that's hocof.blogspot.com you can direct download all the backlog of episodes there along with all of our other shows we can be found on social media we're on tumblr twitter instagram facebook we appreciate all the likes hearts shares and retweets that we receive and we can be streamed we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. So until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC. Everybody who can fly, grab somebody who can't. Signing off. It's Mike signing off. And it's Justin. I make it through this game called life. It's always filled with pain and strife. Reality will cut you like a knife. It ain't right. But with you by my side, we will win this fight. In the battle of dark and light, uh, take my hand, hold it tight. When we dance, I feel alright. By your side is where I'll be. Endless love on pay, you'll see. Uh, when I walk, you walk with me, Tara. Uh, together, let the light shine. By your side is where I'll be. Endless love on pay, you'll see. When I walk, you walk with me. Uh, Together let the light shine. Yeah. Wow. Peace Boy, that was beautiful. You wrote that for me? Yeah, girl. What he should say is, like, everyone who can't fly, grab onto someone who can. Instead of putting the uh, onus on the flying people. Like, if you can't fly, it's up, up to you to get your own ride. <laughs> <laughs> but then I think, like, you know, all the guys will be like, you know, I'll grab onto Starfire, like, you know. <laughs> Like four people, there's four guys like hanging off a starfire. <laughs>